Kirby's. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Mary Scott Hunter here with Rachel Briers and Liz Bashirs. This show is airing at the very end of 2020. And I think most of you would say that 2020 was pretty much a bad year. It was worse, of course, for others. And for a few, it may in fact have been the worst year in living memory. Even so, I'd like to see today if we can find some positives. I challenged myself and Rachel and Liz to think back through 2020 and see if we can point to some positives. With that question on the table, I'd like to say that my situation or Liz's or Rachel's may be similar to many working women, but for many, it may not resemble your situation at all. And there's no question that COVID is not rosy. I am not trying to imply that. I wish the world had never, ever been inflicted with COVID. But for today, we challenged ourselves, and we hope you will do this too. We challenged us to ourselves to think about the positives. And the truth is, there are some positives. So here goes. All right, ladies, and for our Kirby's out there, what did you get more of in 2020 that was good? What did you get more of in 2020 that was good? I want to say flexibility and not flexibility in terms of I was given more flexibility, but I really had to challenge myself to learn how to pivot, to learn how to find the wiggle room, to learn how to take what I what my expectations were and turn them into a work product or a personal goal that could fit the circumstances. You know, at the beginning of the year in January, my whole team had a a big team meeting where we set all these plans for these big in-person events that we're going to hope to reach thousands of people across five or six different states. And we're so excited and working hard, hard, hard on those until I think March 14th was the day for most of the country where things started really shutting down and we're like, okay, two weeks to crush the curve. (laughs) Well, here we are. I think it was around May when we're like, well, that's not going to happen. And so on a professional level, we had to take some of those ideas and reformat them to work in a digital space. And so I, I um, struggled with it for a while, but then eventually you know, we had some of the most successful events that my organization has ever done on this, you know, through a digital platform. And so you know, being recognized at work for that was, was really rewarding. There is an argument to be made that we were able to reach more people after having that pivot, after having that transformation than we would have if we'd done those uh, events as we'd initially intended now so so more flexibility flexibility but just learning to stretch myself Hmm. so I don't Hmm. know if flexibility is really the right word but learning to yeah to stretch and being being willing to stretch so I got I was thinking back through this year and sometimes you don't want more of something but there are lots of things in life that you just really wish you had more of and for me in that mid-march time frame I got a break from the grind and the guilt. And I think I am probably an, an example of a lot of working women that I, I just never get enough sleep. I never get enough downtime. I never get all the projects done. I, I have three very active teens and I just feel like I'm constantly planning a massive logistics operation whether it's my work, John's work, church, kids, 
you know, it's just, it, it, it can really be overwhelming. And I don't say that very often because I, 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 I'd like to get it done. I like to make it look effortless, but the truth is I deal with mom guilt. I deal with all those, you know, feelings of overwhelm because I'm just so busy. So what I got more of was just a break. I got more of a break from the grind. And I have to say, especially now as the thing wore on and I would have liked to have been, you know, had more activities and things for everyone to do. That wasn't such a great thing, but I do, I I will say that over the years I have just sort of wishfully thought, man, I just would love a break. And every now and then I would give myself a break. A lot of times in August over the years, for whatever reason, it always kind of falls in August. I would just kind of take a break and kind of way ratchet back on the emails, way ratchet back on the projects. And just, you know, in those months, those weeks leading up to school or, you know, sometimes in July when it's been an early school start year, I would just kind of take a break to spend some time with kids, go to the pool, relax, you know, get some, you know, just get some leisurely breakfasts and that kind of thing. Well, yeah, I, I got a break and I have to say that was a positive. Mary Scott, I have to wholeheartedly agree. I mean, remember more than a year ago when we discussed the after school evening grind in our interview with Rachel Medifund? Yes. Yeah. I'd yes. Like to, right. <laughs> I would like to go back and actually listen to that because I remember the collective feeling that we were sharing was that the way families exist in America really does feel like this ridiculous hamster wheel. You know, you said your evenings are a massive logistics operation really well said. It's it's insane. But when you value sports and music and scouting and all the things, mo- those things happen after school for most people. So you are so right. Getting an extended break from that, um, getting into bed at a reasonable hour, luxuriating in a book on a Saturday morning instead of racing out the door, you know, even sitting in our pajamas for live streamed church, that was restful. That was needed. There were plenty of negatives, as you said at the beginning, but that isn't what this show is about. That was a gift. And I loved having so much time with Pepper and the kids. I loved that he got to work from home. We got into the habit of taking walks in the evening together, and I will treasure that. We've actually kept that up. Not as much as during quarantine, but now and then we'll both get that itch to walk. And we really had never done that before. So we, I gained that. Did, did anybody's relationships improve? I was, I was thinking back about that because there's been an awful lot of, you know, uh, rightly so, discussions about relationships that didn't improve. I, I don't, all of us are married. I, I can't imagine trying to date through COVID. It, I mean, it's just, my goodness, that would be so challenging. But so certainly COVID has negatively impacted relationships all over the place. But I, and you know, the distance and the difficulty and, but did anybody see any improvements in their relationships? And I'll kick this one off and say that I can think of three relationships. And my daughter is going to kill me when I, when I say this, but um, <laughs> she has talked on the phone, like old school talk on the phone with her very first boyfriend. And I just think it's the sweetest thing. It's not my relationship. It's hers. So I'm not going to say too much more about it because she'll, she'll get upset when she listens, but, but I just think it's the sweetest thing that, that they have just gone so old school and are just talking on the phone because they're, they're in the youth group together at church and they can't, you know, our youth has been interrupted a lot. They actually have gone back to meeting. And so they've been able to see each other some in person, but, but talking on the phone has been such a sweet thing. And um, I've loved that. I think about my marriage and yeah, this has just kind of brought a whole new, <laughs> challenge 
And challenges can be hard on relationships, but if you can overcome them and work through them, then that can be a really good thing. And for John and I, this kind of uncovered some stuff that we had to work through. And I, I'm glad for that because I don't want that to show up later. I, I love my husband. And one of the things I'm really proud of, uh, we, uh, every marriage has things to work on and ours is no exception, but he has always been a full partner in our home and he's as likely to be folding a load of laundry as I am. And he's, you know, sometimes I've been the breadwinner. Sometimes he's been the breadwinner. You know, we kind of trade risk when he's real stable in his job. I've been able to do different things and then vice versa. And so anyway, but this, this thing has made us really had to think through, I mean, it's a lot of together time. <laughs> so, so yep. Been, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we all love our husbands, but it's a lot of time together. And, but I think it's really resulted in us having to deal with a few things that we're probably just, we could linger. And so that's been good. And then the third relationship is the relationship that my family has with another family. My best friend, Amy Boyd, I've mentioned her a few times on this show. We made the decision early on. They're a family of four. We're a family of five. We made the decision early on to quarantine, meaning we've, we've decided to just kind of, we would socialize together and we you know, and we kind of just kept that as normal. Well, we're, we could do that because we were less than 10. And so we did things like Easter dinner together and, and, you know, big special events and birthdays and their kids are stair-stepped, her kids are stair-stepped with mine. And that was just a really precious thing to do. And we probably wouldn't spend quite as much time together if we, you know, if the circumstances hadn't been what they were, but we were careful you know, with our families by being careful with what activities we did outside of our families. And then we just kind of decided to be normal with each other. And I, I just really, that was just a really neat thing to do. So those were my relationships that improved. How about y'all? Similar to that last point of yours, Mary Scott, we have some close friends who live just a, a, like less than a block away who are some of our really best friends and made a similar decision early on to quarantine. I think, what, what do we call it? Our pandemic pod. And um, so just we're able to keep some level of social normalcy because we had these good friends who were also working from home full time who were um, quarantining and, and, and had, you know, very, very strict social distancing rules that we were able to spend time with on Fridays, Friday nights, Saturdays, like we had before. And so that was a huge help and really have grown in our friendship with them, have become a lot closer with them and, and still, you know, <laughs> we haven't gotten sick of each other yet nine months into this thing. So that, that, that's definitely the first thing that came to my mind. Well, you know, I think for me, you know, my relationships with my kids and Pepper have truly gotten stronger. Same as you, Mary Scott, I would say, you know, we don't have a perfect marriage. We argue at times, but there were some good times. I mean, we watched Tiger King and several other series and stayed up late together and talked a lot. And I rode bikes with the kids and it really was, yes, a stressful time trying to figure out their school. Um, And this year has still had its stresses. Sports and school keep shutting down and opening and shutting down. And you just kind of feel like you have to hold everything with a loose grip because you never know if it will work out. But overall, I think I have a much softer, deeper relationship with the whole family. I'm grateful for that. I will say that there have been several times, you know, you're always thinking like, man, I wish I had more time with my husband or whatever, or even with kids around. I wish we had time to like finish a conversation and not be interrupted. But there have been several times where I'm like, there's literally nothing left to say. <laughs> like, 
We have we have talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and walked and sat and talked and walked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and truly, together time is a wonderful thing, but there really can't be. I mean, the truth is, we try to be very honest on the show. Who out there hasn't said, okay, I would love to go for drinks with my girlfriends tonight. You know, I mean, I would like to be anywhere but here. And we all love our, you know, our families and our kids. And we want to know what all is going on with them. But, you know, I mean, that's an honest statement. And I think you're not alone, Rachel. (laughs) So we we talked a little bit about schedules, but I want to go back to that because I do think that that's a pretty common thing. Um, now, working moms, there's a lot of our, a lot of our curvies are working moms, but I, I think women, let's say you're retired now or semi-retired and your kids are spread out or you're in Liz's situation, you don't have children, um, or you're planning a family but don't have children yet. Let's talk schedule because really, really, you know, how did you schedule yourself? How did you, what did you do to keep yourself scheduled in, in this time that was positive. Because, I mean, I, I should say, I, I take the approach that schedules are good and schedules are important. And they're important for our, you know, for our mental health, for our know, sleep cycles. Schedules are important. And it was darn hard to stay scheduled. You know, what did you do positively with your schedule? Uh, what benefits did you find? What, what did you take? What will you take forward? I know this is one of the areas that has been a a big change for me because so I I've been working from a home office for the vast majority of my career. Um, And so that that wasn't a big change for me. What was a big change for me is that my whole team used to be in an office on the East Coast. And so they would go in at they start the day at nine o'clock Eastern and they were in DC. So a lot of them would like start, you know, shutting things down around four 30, right before five o'clock Eastern to, to get the Metro home or to beat traffic home. And that was a, a defined beginning and end of the day. And now that everybody is working from a home office too, you don't have that, that same defined beginning and end. So this was that the, I think everybody that I work with anyway, started seeing themselves working longer hours and more frantic hours, particularly at the beginning when we were trying to figure out what was going on. But then um, the organization started putting the, some, you know, they started saying, Hey, you should take Fridays off every once in a while. You should make sure that you're having that beginning and endings of the day and just giving some of our leadership some more training on the, mental health aspects and importance of doing that. And so we started to see some progress there and that was really, really helpful. Now I I will say that I don't remember most of the summer because it all just kind of started bleeding together. (laughs) Time is a flat, flat circle. Um, But now that things are a little, people are kind of started buckling in for the long haul, probably around summer, we did start to see some, some good things there. And I will say on, on my side, just learning to be a little bit more assertive with those work-life boundaries and then making sure that I still made the time every day to go exercise. That was a huge one for me of, of regaining some sense of normalcy. You know, I don't know if y'all are anything. I don't know if y'all, surely you do this binge on Netflix, raise your hand if you binge on Netflix, eat junk food, um, you know, when you're feeling a little down, um, 
I don't know, you know, go out and, you know, read a book or something when you should be doing some project that's been on the list. I don't know. But I found myself at the beginning kind of going just uncharacteristically putting things off and, you know, watching, you know, three seasons of Longmire or, you know, <laughs> eating, you know, eating my way through half the carton of, of ice cream. And I, I, I just, and, and it was because of, I figured out that it was because of a lack of schedule. And I, I you know, I, I'm a pretty scheduled person, but I, I think that, that those early days, uh, I mean, not quite the first days because I, got, I found myself getting busy and then slowing down, but it was in that slowdown part in, I don't know, maybe the May timeframe when everything was really kind of setting in and you realized we're not going back to normal that I, I just went into a slump and I binged on TV and I binged on food and I slept much more than I should sleep. And I don't know, didn't get up in the morning and put my, you know, you know, get some exercise and put some clothes. On. I mean, I just found that thing, it was all so mushy. The schedule got so mushy and I, I, it was about two, there was a two week period in there when, you know, at the end of that two week period, I'm like, my life is mush. My life is a total mush. I've got to get a schedule. And I I don't think that I, I think that my life and my activities kind of determined that in the past. And so I never really had to think about how important it is. But all of a sudden I had to, because I, there, nothing was requiring me to have a schedule particularly. And so I, I, I wasn't. And so I realized, man, I need one. And so I think I, I, I don't know. It was just a realization that I'm going to take forward that, you know, that having a schedule and, and being where you say you're going to be and doing what you say you're going to do. And I don't know, that's just really an important thing. And I, uh, I can talk about that, but that's when I, I think I really got that lesson. You know, I think back to when our kids were super, super little and a huge motivating force to me was thinking like, okay, if I let them sleep in half the day, they are up half the night. Like, uh-huh. I'm sure what a motivating force that was. And that kind of hit us in the middle. Like, you know, school still had to go on, but it was kind of like, okay, well, school doesn't necessarily have to start at this hour. And, you know, are we going to, how are we going to sort of function? And I think that ended up being a motivating force for us too. It was like, I don't want my kids staying up all night. Like, you got to get in bed. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that means that I've got to get you moving to get your stuff done. And we've got to somehow stay on that same, like you said, circadian rhythm. But it was a struggle because research has shown that we we really are on, on different rhythms. So some people, I think the book Win, W-H-E-N, by Stephen Pink, is that his name? Daniel Pink. He wrote a book and took, went into this, but just how... You know, there's people who they get up in the morning. That's how they do. They kind of crash in the late day. There's people who kind of hit their stride midday. And there's the owls of the world who their brain is just at their best at night. I would say I'm probably more somebody who, without a forcing function, I would stay up half the night, you know. And so that's, I had to like force myself not to fall into that natural rhythm and let my family fall into that natural rhythm. As far as benefits that I got, you know, I enjoyed really not having to get dinner ready by 4.30 p.m., cram it in at 4.45 so we could just be out the door and wherever we needed to be by five o'clock. Getting to just slowly cook and leisurely eat was so, so nice. 
I also loved transferring work to home and figuring out all the video conferencing tools. I've worked from home mostly, but last March I had been driving out to Decatur several times, uh, several evenings a week to teach at a college out there. And I loved being with the students. I still think there are things that can't be replaced and that camaraderie in the classroom, being in each other's presence, it was wonderful. But teaching my class on WebEx meant, you know, I was home in the evening with my family. I wasn't fighting traffic. I wasn't getting home late. I was just popping into my study, doing a class, and then I was back out with the family in no time. So let's talk working women and working from home. I think that COVID has been a positive in the sense that it's forced a lot of companies to do this. To, to figure out how to work from home and that it and companies that maybe previously thought, ah, that's never going to work. We can't do that. We can't, you know, the old timers, the, you know, they can't figure out how to get on the computer and do the Zooms. And, but we had to. And so we did. And I really think that's going to be a, a net benefit for women. Agree? Disagree? I agree wholeheartedly. And that's another area that I want to give um, my employer a shout out is that they said a couple of months ago, basically that they're not going to at any time in the future require anybody to come back to headquarters who was working there before, because if you've been able to do your job successfully for the last nine months, they assume that you can continue to do it successfully. Um, I, I think that's going to open up all kinds of opportunities for people who are like, well, I'd, I'd love to work for this organization, but I don't want to make the move across the country or, mm-hmm. or um, I'd love to work for this organization, but I don't want to put my, you know, my newborn, my 12 week old in daycare yet mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, for whatever reason. And so they want to work for home, from home for a more extended uh, amount of time. And I think it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for people. I think it might lead to some flexibility with job share too. And and even further thinking about work and some different, you know, even further flexibilities. It's just, to me, I think it's just kind of opened a door. Oh yeah, I agree. Just that, you know, the ability to work from home and just seeing how meetings can still happen, work can still get done. I, I, I actually definitely think more work gets done because you know you're not distracted by people and talking and all that and I think it's a big win for employers to embrace this model you know it's no secret how stressful it is to try and look professional and presentable to go into work at the same time as you're trying to feed kids and brush their hair and get them presentable to get out the door and everyone where they need to be and then you're coming in stressed out and you know just the ability to turn your camera off if you just need to that day because you couldn't pull it all together so you can just focus on doing good work that all is those a, glasses days yes you know. <laughs> that is a win for everyone the employer benefits you benefit you know being able to work even if you're sick it, i think it's huge obviously covid is a huge health negative i mean there's 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 no doubt about that. It's a huge health negative. But did the threat of COVID inspire y'all to make any health changes? It did me. Oh, definitely. I, th- I, I lost about 25 pounds at the beginning of uh, COVID and have kept it off. I, I do uh, give partial credit for that to um, when my husband was also working from home. I was like, oh, I can't snack if he's around. So that did help in that journey. Um, but snack shaming. <laughs> snack shaming. Exactly. Exactly. And it, I have, you know, uh, I have noticed that I haven't really lost much since he went back to work at the office, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, because I, at the... It, at the end of last year, I was at the heaviest I've ever been. But more importantly than that, I was starting to have 
uh, high blood pressure issues. And that really scared me. And um, just regardless of COVID, that was something I wanted to get under control. But once we started seeing what some of those comorbidities were, um, we started, I, I started taking it a lot more seriously. Yeah, I upped my vitamin D intake and I've gotten a lot better about making that a priority. I've also tried to get more sleep. So I got sick recently and it came during a time when schools and sports were shut down. So there wasn't anywhere to be in the evening. And I was like, you know what? I am going to go to bed at eight o'clock and literally get 10 hours of sleep because I know I'll recover more quickly if I'll just have the discipline to do that. Also, way back in July, maybe pretty much I stopped doing personal social media. I know I've talked about that before, but um, I still have it so I can be an admin on work accounts. But I think for me, you know, I tend to sort of soak up other people's concerns and problems and think about whatever they're going through when maybe it's not mine to think about. It's not that I don't care. I certainly do. But I think not scrolling through all of that and not scrolling through news apps has, has had health benefits for me, I'm sure. So let's talk household to-do lists, because this was an opportunity to get through some household to-do lists. And I I think this is the piece that it, it's been so enabling of other things. We, we, I cleaned out my closet. I cleaned out my entire closet. And like Liz, I shed a couple of pounds. I didn't shed 25, but I shed a few pounds. And so I was able to clean out that closet and, and now I'm getting dressed faster in the morning and I took some gently used um, professional clothing to the Christian Women's Job Corps and that felt really great. We did a deep cleaning of our kitchen and, you know, I finally kind of took stock of all the holes in your kitchen like, okay, why do we really only have one spatula? I mean, <laughs> so we need, you know, we need, we need an egg timer. We need a, you know, a, some different size pots and pans. And, and then that, because everything was kind of organized, I was able to really finally teach the kids to cook. And we found out that my youngest is a foodie. He's really good at food prep. And the other two, they're not foodies, but everybody can now make a simple meal. Did, did, did you guys get down any of the to-do list and do some things that might've stayed on the list forever? I know for me, I almost had a kind of an opposite experience in the kitchen, Mary Scott, of because my workload did temporarily increase so much uh, at the mm-hmm. beginning of all this, I, I was finding myself completely drained at the end of the day of any kind of creative decision-making faculties. And so a couple months ago, we started uh, using HelloFresh. And so you just pick out the meals you want at the beginning of the week. They send it to you in like pre-portioned uh, amounts and then you just cook it and it takes all the guesswork out. And that, that helped a lot and really checked a big thing off the to-do list, which is meal planning every week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Decision fatigue is mm-hmm. so common with meal planning and meal prep and all that. And just, you know, you, you kind of get tired of having the same things over and over again because they're easy. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can, you can do them quick. So how did your to-do list go, Rachel? Well, I'll just add that it's funny you said that because one of the things we did do was, you know, we took a look at our grocery list that had become extremely stale because I was just ordering from the same favorites list every week. And and we did. We revamped a lot of that um, during this time. So with all the emphasis on getting fresh air, did you find yourself getting outside more? Did you do any gardening? How'd that part go? I am sad to admit that I cannot say, I can't say that we did. (laughs) I think I spend more time inside than I probably should. I have to be really mindful to 
get up and go outside, you know, especially when we've been quarantined, you know, when there's nowhere for me to go, I have absolutely looked up and realized I haven't been outside or left the house in days, (laughs) you know, so just keeping my head down and work and the house and all that. So actually getting outside is much more a part of my life, I'd say during normal times. I've still kept a focus on on getting outside um, every day, particularly to go on. So, okay, y'all, I can't wait to tell y'all about this. <laughs> There's a podcast star I love. Her name is Erin Moon. Uh, she's part of the the Popcast Media Group that's actually based here in Birmingham. Uh, to all our listeners and and to both of y'all, I recommend that y'all listen to her. She's just so wise. But she talks about she calls them stupid walks TM trademark of, um, of getting outside and getting into the fresh air every day, even when all you want to do is get under the covers and eat a brownie because it is so much better for you. So she'll, <laughs> she'll post like Instagram stories of people who will go on the stupid walks with her. And it, it really does getting outside and getting some fresh air and getting that sunlight to get that vitamin D does help a lot. I have two great outside stories. One, my garden was phenomenal this year and it was, I, I got tomatoes. I live in a, I live in an area that has a lot of trees. My, we're on the side of a mountain, so we don't have good soil. We have a ton of trees and I have, a, I could not get tomatoes and I love tomatoes and my tomatoes came in so big. I, 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 I ate so many tomatoes this year. So I, so my outside was this was the best year yet for the outside stuff. And then my other story about the outside is I started running more because of all the emphasis on lung capacity. And so I started running more. And one day while I was running, I I don't know if y'all, I'm I'm probably a little, I don't know, maybe y'all aren't like this, but I pick up stuff all the time, animals, stuff on the side of the road. I'm (laughs) Wait, what? You pick up animals on the side of the road? Wait a minute, what? I am a stray cat magnet, y'all. Stray dog, stray cat magnet. Oh, okay, like living. I don't know why, but I was picturing like... Oh, not roadkill. Oh, that's better. (laughs) That freaked me out for a minute, Mary Scott. (laughs) I'm not making topsoil. (laughs) No, I... um, yeah, so I am a stray. I, I did not I did not pick up any strays in the last couple of months, but I did find this dresser and I rehabbed it and I found these like beautiful silk plants and my daughter was redoing her room. So we brought those home and stuck them in the, you know, hosed them down and put them in a room. And so I don't know, there's like some real benefits of being outside. So Magpie Mary Scott. <laughs> yeah, I'm a project girl. All right. So 2020, anything you're particularly proud of? And I'm going to just say I'm proud of our show. We put out some great content when Kirby's really needed it. And I am so proud of that. We, we talked directly about our feelings about COVID, about the pandemic, about being in quarantine and hibernating and all that. And then we also put out content to just get your mind off of it. Uh, and I... I am so, when I think back over the content that we've put out, I am so proud of that. You know, I'm proud, I guess, of my, of my family's resilience. So we were actually in a stressful season before COVID hit. So we had a ton on our minds. And I think we went into the pan- pandemic already sort of under stress. Um, so I'm proud that we made the absolute best of it that we could. We limped through some aspects, did really well with others. But I read a quote recently that I liked that said, quote, times of peace and rest always give way to times of stress and difficulty, but times of stress and difficulty always give way to times of peace and rest. So I think we need to 
enjoy those times of peace and rest and know, hey, there's going to be hard times to come. But then when it's hard, this too shall pass. Echoing that, I, I'm I'm proud of the resiliency that um, my family has shown, that my friends have shown, and that our community as a whole has shown. You know, with this has been such a tough year on so many levels, but we're almost there. Let me close by thanking our show sponsor, Higher Echelon. The experts at Higher Echelon would tell you that you are what you think about. So thinking about 2020 just a little differently, with a little more of a positive mindset, that's a gift that you can give yourself. Kirby's working women are as diverse as America is diverse, so we shouldn't generalize. And the challenges and disappointments and heartbreaks and insecurities and all the rest of it that are so um, in our world are very terribly real right now. But without question, there's been some positive results too. I can't say that 2020 has been more positive than negative with the terrible human impact COVID has wreaked. I don't think anyone can say that. Um, And yet there are some positives. And I hope you too will challenge yourself to think about them. It's a good exercise. Merry Christmas, Kirby's. We'll see you next year.